0: welcome back to a3's the academy podcast i'm your host ryan beckwith here with art charles jr hello and logan kilgore what's up so today we want to put all of this stuff together we've been talking about recently with training like an athlete responsibility creating your personal brand all of those and, and start talking a little bit about the transition of what's happening right now and ultimately when you train like an athlete, you also need to recover like an athlete. And there's a lot of that going on with overtraining, undertraining, seasons are canceled, trying to figure out what's going on. We're going to get deep into that with Logan today and really understanding the science behind the sleep, the eating. I mean, we can go on and on about all of this. So I think we should just jump right into it. Cause Logan, you and I've had a, a good conversation about what to do now since the CFL just last week finally made the announcement that the season is going to be canceled. And so you've been training and training and training and training, just preparing for the time that they give you a call saying, okay, first games in a month, let's go. And now you know that that's not happening. So we're waiting until now next April, May right. for you to report so let's dive into that about the conversation you and i were having about mm-hmm. the continuing of your training and what's going on there
1: yeah so i mean it's wild because every sport's a little bit different and when you prepare for a season um i think every different athlete prepares differently even within that sport every position so uh for myself playing quarterback we go through the off season and typically um the six month on six month off off season with uh with canadian football um, we pretty much had the last six or seven years has been usually about a month or two of really getting the body back recovered, um, you know, injury wise, that type of thing. I had ankles stuff going on last year. Um, for the most part, it's been pretty healthy over our you know last few years we've been training. But um, really, it takes a little bit just to allow the body to recover and that type of thing. And then we started to hit it hard and almost you know overtrain there for a couple of months to then kind of level off and then be ready to go so that i'm fresh for camp and we've kind of been in that overtrained mode because there was always going to be this 45 day window from when they announced when the season was going to be until we actually reported mm-hmm. and so we kind of just all of a sudden the weight started going up and all of a sudden the the strength was getting you know a, a lot higher than it typically would in an off season and then um and then yeah we got the news last week that uh officially the season is canceled and so my first Um, when, when I heard that was, uh, made a phone call to you and, and essentially there's kind of this crossroads of, yes, you want to continue to, uh, to keep your strength at a certain level. Um, but also is that sustainable at 30 years old to then report next May, continuing to work out the same level we were, um, and be fresh and ready to go. Or do I just feel like I just played the longest season of my life, even though we didn't play at all. And so that's kind of what we were talking about. And I think um, you know, your advice was essentially uh, and you can elaborate more on this, but um to sit in that three day a week as far as have you know, actual lifting, um, and incorporating more um, you know, more physical activity as far as running or um, you know, agility work, you know, that type of thing on those other days rather than lifting five days in a row. Um, and I thought that one of the more interesting conversations, which you could also touch on is, um, just to know the mental grind of what a season takes as a quarterback, uh, the mental grind, I personally believe once the season starts far outweighs the physical grind for a quarterback. Now it's not the same for an offensive lineman or a defensive back or whatever, but obviously during the season as a quarterback, your main objective is to lift for injury prevention and to keep somewhat of a level of fitness to be able to go out there and play at the, the level you want to play but way more than that is the hours upon hours upon hours of film and studying the new plays we're putting in you know scouting an opponent looking at blitz package looking at coverage you know all the different things that happen all of a sudden my brain is not going to be going through that every week and there were some books you recommended as far as you know there needs to be some sort of replacement as far as keeping that, that brain workout that essentially a lot of the guys in the league are are just not going to have this year. And so the last thing I want to do is get to camp next May, physically be there and just mentally be exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so um, maybe you want to elaborate on some of those things that that you were talking about.
0: So I think what's interesting about it with training is we have to treat the body in the right way. And like you said, to, to continue training as if we're a month into the off season doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And so the cool thing for me as a track athlete is you don't really, you, neither one of you have ever really gotten to experience this type of training before, because you're always playing, 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 playing. It's almost a year round thing Mm -hmm. for you. And yeah, you get a couple months off, but for you, Logan, You guys are done in December and then you finally get home
1: and you're exhausted. You're
0: exhausted (laughs) and then workouts start up around January. And then you've got about three months and then bam, you're at it again. And for track and field, what was really cool for us is we essentially used the end of the summer and all of the fall and really depending on when you were going to open up your season, you know, as a pro, you're not really truly getting super competitive unless you're doing indoor until, you know, March, April, sometimes May. Mm -hmm. And so you had, you were training more than you were competing is what I'm saying. Right. And so we kind of have a cool window for you. And for me as a coach, it's really fun because now I can take those principles that I got to use training wise to really hone in on my abilities and the mental capacities and all those things to make me a really good competitor and now we get to use that for you because normally I get you for about three months and then right, you're gone. Right. And same thing with you, Art. I mean, I see you for a month here and then two months mm-hmm. here and then cause winter ball and everything else, you know, and we're, we're at a really cool time that we can really dig into this thing. And so really at this point uh, there's a term hypertrophy is what it's called, but it's really building a base and making sure that we have the strength levels that we need and we can go through some testing now cause we actually have time to go through a couple cycles of training mm-hmm. so that, you know, Right now, you know, say we we're going through it, we test and like we were talking about testing in a couple of weeks, you go through the testing and then all of a sudden now we have an eight week cycle, we test again, then we have another eight week cycle, we get to test again, then another four to five week cycle and then bam, you're gone. And there's your off season training right there. And that's what's really exciting about it. But from a mental capacity standpoint, this is where, you know, at your age and your experience at both of you, you know, we're start talking about digging into some really dense Books that really challenge your ability to stay focused. And there's a book that I love that I think everybody should read if they're interested in nutrition and how the body works. It's called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. Premise of this book that I, I just, it was mind blowing the first time I read it is you had a dentist, orthodontist dentist, that had this theory that you could pick up on most autoimmune diseases with tooth decay as the first sign of disease. And so he decided to put his practice on hold and he traveled the world and he went all over the place from Africa to Canada, to Russia, to Asia, to the Polynesian islands, to Sweden, and all over these places. And he would find these different groups. And one would be an indigenous group that lives off the land that eats the same food their ancestors ate hundreds of years ago and would go through it. And there was almost zero tooth decay and zero disease. And there's pictures that go along with this that show people that never brushed their teeth in their life. They don't even know what toothpaste and toothbrushes are. And perfect, beautiful smiles, beautiful white pearly teeth. And and in some cases, 200 miles away, 300 miles away, the same culture of people that have moved to a different part of the land that now have a commercial road driving through it where they've traded out their goods and now they're getting jams and wheats and breads and, and sugars and all that. And now tooth decay has skyrocketed in some instances, 60% higher. And people were dying from tuberculosis and all these different diseases. And it's mind blowing to look at it that if you, if you actually eat what your body's meant to eat and you eat from the land, so many things changed. Now, the here's the madness part of all this. This book was published in 1936. Hmm. Wow. So now you're talking about <laughs> this crazy. research wow. was done over a hundred years ago. Right. Right. Or at this moment, probably a hundred years ago. And the information has been there. And if you read his name, was uh, Winston Price, was the guy's name, Dr. Winston Price. And in most whole food nutrition books or or articles that you read, most of them will. Uh, cite Winston Price. Wow. And this wow. information's been out there forever. And so, as an example, I wish Manav was here right now, uh, but I'm, I'm sure he can talk about it when he comes in. But um, Manav was having some issues on the course and he was talking about, you know, either feeling sluggish or tired or whatever. And I said, okay, well, you know, his grandparents still live in India. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, were you or your, your parents first generation out here? And he goes, and I think he, he was the actual first one born here. And I said, okay, so when you visit your grandparents, what do you eat? And he told me the dish. I can't remember the name of it. I'll let Manav kind of talk about it. And I said, okay, well, so I told him the principles of the book and all these things. And I said, okay, so next time the night before in the morning of, I want you to eat that and just see how you feel and see what happens. And he did. And he said, oh my gosh, man, like I felt so much lighter and I felt better. And I said, exactly. It's amazing when you start figuring out what that is. Now, for someone like me, I don't really know my background. It's a long story that I'm not going to bore the podcast with, but that's, that would be hard for me because I don't really know. So I have to go off feeling and it's figuring out what do I like, what works for me. And I know fish works really well for me, like really, really well. I like to eat steak and things like that, but it almost makes me a little sluggish. So I stay away from it from the most part. Like I'll have it every so often, but it's not a regular in my diet. Um, I do really, really well with uh, a lot of vegetables. So when I talk about that, I mean like a rainbow of vegetables when we eat. And that's a lot of times how we eat. And that helps me sleep. I notice that when I eat certain things, I don't sleep very well, and all those. And that's what it comes down to is understanding how your body works, the food that you're putting into it. And it really doesn't need to be that difficult. And the information is out there. So, all to say, long winded thing there was, I want you to read that book. I want mm-hmm. both of you to read that book right now yeah, because I'm, it's. I'm definitely going to
2: get that information from me after. <laughs> but it's like a textbook,
0: it really yeah. is thick, and you look at it, it's heavy. And you're going, Oh my gosh. And it's just example after example. It's a, it's a true research book and it takes a while to read because it's very dense and there's a lot of information in it. But at the same time for you guys at your age, that's really what it comes down to is, can you stay focused? I mean, it, the amount of pictures that you have to face art and the studying that you have to do on the right versus the left in each team you might face three or four different pitchers per team that you're playing, and you're playing two to three games a week. I mean, it's just madness the amount of information that you have to take in, and not even going down the line of everything that Logan has to figure out as a quarterback or AJ has to figure out as a DB because now everything that you studied about AJ, AJ has to know about you. And For sure. I mean, it's, you know, you go down this list. Same with Manav and knowing how many people are in his field and who he's playing with, and blah 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 blah. Justin as a pitcher. I mean, we can go on and on and on about all this. And the older you get and the more experienced you get and the better you get, it really comes down to the mental fortitude of what you can handle. And when we have an opportunity like this to really hone in on those things, the the mental density of concentration is by far the most important thing, in my opinion. You know how to train. Mm-hmm. You know how to prepare for a season. But it's the practice of the mental capacity thing that I feel at at the older ages as a pro is so important. Mm-hmm. If you can learn that as a young athlete right. and start challenging your brain, because I can tell you firsthand, I did not like reading when I was younger. I didn't. I struggled with it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got older and I started kind of Jedi mind tricking myself into reading <laughs> stuff that I liked to read about, sports, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I started picking up books and reading and like, Oh man, that was really cool. I'm going to check this out. And then like listening to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, which I absolutely love revisionist history. I've picked up a couple books because of Malcolm Gladwell, and he's a great author. You know, there's, there's so many challenging books out there to really challenge them, the mental side of things. It's really important. If there's, if there's one thing you can do in a time like this, it's that challenge yourself to pick something up and learn something because ultimately when it comes down to it, that's what you're not able to do right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like there's no real replacement for critical thinking right now. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. even if you're working a job or whatever, it's not, you know, there's nothing as intense, you know, like for you sitting there and and putting yourself in a pressure packed situation, you might not have a pressure packed at bat for another eight months. You know what I mean? It's just, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that, you know, reading and putting yourself in, I mean, might sound funny, but like, you know, video games with pressure on, I mean, something playing, I don't care if it's dice, whatever, like there's got (laughs) to be something where you can get that little bit of pressure where you have to make a decision, you know? And that's why, you know, I, I love playing golf. It's, it's a low impact way to stay competitive. And, you know, there's times where you're standing over a putt on 18, it might be for 20 bucks, whatever, but more than that, it's pride. And you got, you know 2v2 two two and 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 you got to find those deals that are not going to put you you know I'm not going to take up motocross I'm not going to take up you know helicopter skiing or anything like that I mean <laughs> I just can't you know there's not like I can just go do that and then right. all of a sudden set myself yes. back but there's other things that you can do and
2: that's something that I thought was was huge that you said a little bit earlier was the fact that you have to maintain that type of mental pressure you know because you're not doing that right now and that's something that honestly like I didn't really think of that. You know, it wasn't really in my head, but when you said it, it made so much sense because like you said, we're not going to have those um mental situations to where there's pressure put on us, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. bottom of the ninth inning. I right. got bases loaded with two outs. We're losing by one base hit. I scored two. We win the game. Like right. we don't have those situations right now. Yep. And you saying that, and you said, you talking about obviously, you know, putting yourself through situations where you have to mentally focus for longer and longer periods of time. Like, that's something I really, it didn't, as far as obviously being here in COVID, we get creative with workouts or creative with other things, but the mentality, that yeah. part is And I mean, huge. imagine
1: you're in a, you know, how are you going to ever mimic the way you feel day to day, even going to get food or whatever, when you're in a slump? I mean, Facts. like, you know what I mean? Facts. Like, everybody's an all-star when you're hitting off a pitching machine or you're hitting your mm-hmm. tee. You know, you're not going to end your workout until you hit that last free throw. You know what I mean? And, and, and everyone that, walks off the court. But sometimes that buzzer rings and you you don't have that opportunity.
2: Exactly. And that right there is the point. Exactly what you said is, like, now you're now you're going into season if you don't get those mental reps, if you don't get that preparation, like you said, yeah. I may not have another at-bat for eight, nine months, yeah. you know, or more. We don't know. Right. And if I'm not putting myself in those situations or learning or feeling that pressure – Or, you know, dealing with some types of adversity, you know what I'm saying, by training or reading or different types of exercises mentally, too. What happens when we get into those situations after this long of time without being in sports, without facing pressure, without competing at a high level? Yeah. You know, are we going to be able to get in there? Are we going to be able to, to, to focus and get it done? Probably not if we're not practicing, if we're not keeping ourselves ready and prepared we're probably not going to do as well as we could have.
1: Right. And your league is probably, you know, you're going to have the opportunity to play. What's going to be interesting is even same thing for us is like, if the minor leagues in the MLB, if they cut that down to one or two leagues that they can get COVID ready and get all the things that we're going to, you know, nobody really knows how this world's going to look, you know, in a year. Exactly. So when that season's getting ready to start up, you might have an influx of a bunch of people that are now looking for work. You're Mm -hmm. on a team. You've had success in that league. But at the end of the day, your margin for error might be considerably smaller because now all of a sudden it's like, you better come here ready to go because there's a laundry list of guys that are no longer able to play rookie high A and all these other things Mm -hmm. that, that they might, you know, be looking for somewhere to play.
2: Exactly, and that goes back to what Ryan was talking about. Our age is going to have that factor too, for sure. You know, so like yeah. you said, our margin of error yeah. for our age and who we are is going to be a lot slimmer than mm-hmm. this guy that's, you can know, eighteen years old, years. Yeah. years old, twenty years old, whatever, even twenty five. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like you said, we have to come in ready, prepared, and doing different things as far as you know, mentally pre- preparation, um, as well as physical preparation, so we can get in there and, and handle the business that we
1: got to do. Because, for like sure. you
2: said, we can be without a job just based on us not preparing mentally and, and being able to deal with adversity or, or pressure pressure situation.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that like, you know, it's a great lesson for any younger athlete right now too, is look, you've got a whole, you know, there's a great, uh, measuring stick throughout a, a high school season to get recruited. Right. And you're going to have your, your section, all stars, you're going to have the guys that put up the numbers and all that stuff. But, those guys that aren't those big name recruits right now that don't have any stars or whatever they call them now and don't have, you know, they're not on anybody's radar. You're not going to get seen. You're going to, I mean, you have to make a decision right now. There's some people that need to go the junior college route to get seen as I had to do. And like a lot of us did. And at the end of the day, it's, it's everyone's future is looking a little bit different, you know? And it's like, whether you're believing, you know, God, wherever you stand on faith, but like, I've always, told myself, you know, it was told to me a long time ago, if you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And it's kind of like right now, (laughs) you want to make whoever you believe in laugh, tell him what you think this world's going to look like because you just don't know, right? Mm -hmm. I I mean, it wasn't four or five months ago I was saying, there's no way they'll cancel March Madness. You know how much money's in March Madness? And then all of a sudden, boom, not Mm -hmm. only March Madness, my season gets canceled. It hasn't been for 107 years. I mean, it's like, what? Like, you know, and and we're a league that hopefully next year we – the pressure that has already been put on us from our management, from from our general manager to our head coach to everybody is, yeah, we can get through this year, but we better put out a good product next year. I mean, that's the bottom line. And now you're talking about a business decision for a, a, a multi-million dollar league that's been around for more than 100 years that is up against it saying, you guys better not take the next six months and just be sitting around because when you come back, it's going to be the most pressure packed season we've ever had just on the basis of you got to put a good product out there. There's a lot of money at risk. There's a lot of jobs at risk. There's a lot of people that need good football next year. And it's going to be the same thing for you guys in baseball. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody, if you want to be playing sports, whether it's a high school kid trying to go to college, whether it's a college kid trying to play professionally, the time is now because it's going to be an easy separator from the guys that don't do anything to the guys that are hungry and want to get better.
0: And to go full circle on the conversation that we started this whole thing with, with you and I having that conversation about what you're going to need to do training wise, that's why we talked about you playing golf twice a week, Mm -hmm. if it's possible. Right. And a lot of people are playing, oh, he's just going to go goof off and play golf twice a week. No, 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 no. no, no. I say that because I know Logan and I know that Logan takes it very seriously. And if he could, he would try to make the PGA tour if he could. Like that's just how Logan's personality works. So I know that if he's not working out on Tuesdays and Thursdays, he's going to play golf and he's going to play golf. Then I know that the day before, after working out, he's probably going to eat pretty good. And he's probably not going to go to bed super late because he's playing golf early and he wants to be rested to go play golf. And so all of these things play into that. For sure. And Mm -hmm. that's part of the training. That's part of the recovery. It's part of treating your body as if the season is coming. And that is all part of it. And for those of you out there, you know, if it's not golf, like I couldn't tell you the last time I played golf. I wish I could play (laughs) more. But, you know, if it's finding a, a local park that has a hoop in it. Yep. And grab a basketball and go out there and challenge yourself to be out there for a certain amount of time and make a certain amount of shots and whatever that thing is, or or whatever you can do, whatever you can get up and make yourself competitive to that. And because you're getting up to do that, you're going to take care of yourself and you're going to go to bed and you're going to not stay up till one o'clock in the morning, playing video games or being on the phone or doing it, whatever it is that people do now to stay up that late. I don't know, because I've got kids. (laughs) The only reason I'm up is because I'm working on my business or they woke me up. So, you know, whatever those things are. Those things have to go away and you have to train your brain and your body for the recovery aspect of it. And it's such a big deal when we start talking about what are you eating? How are you sleeping? What are you doing the day of to prepare your mind for all of these things the day before, two days before, so on and so forth? Because we all know, you know, if you go out on a Friday night and you have one too many drinks then you've slowed your recovery process down seven to 10 days, and a lot of people are looking at that going, oh, well, it's off season, no big deal. Well, if I just slowed my recovery process down seven to 10 days because I wasn't paying attention and, you know, even just being a little buzzed is mm-hmm. still slowing down your recovery process because there's a lot of things going on inside your body. And I won't get too technical on all this, but you got a lot of systems working at one time. And when you go to do something to inebriate yourself, those systems are not working at full capacity because I've got to fix X, Y, and Z going through everything. So now my recovery process, your, your brain doesn't care how well you work out or or what season's coming up or whatever. It's trying to survive. So if I'm trying to survive on a daily basis and I just went out and was even slightly inebriated, now I've got to repair that. But my life doesn't stop. I don't get to sit in bed for three days to let my body recover from that. I've got to go to work or I've got to work out or I've got to go whatever I'm doing. And so now those things that you're doing from a workout perspective playing golf or going to the cages or doing whatever that is going to live bp whatever that is you still have to function there and then you've got to recover from that but you still haven't recovered from friday or saturday or you do it two or three days in a row now we're really talking about something so now you've got athletes like we're talking about going into next season that do this pretty regularly. And then you're going to watch them come into the season. They're going to be all hyped up. It's going to be great for a month or two. And then bang, something's going to happen. There's going to be injuries. And that will fall back into five months prior. They started a process their body couldn't handle and keep up with. And those are things that need to be talked about too from a recovery. If you're going to train like an athlete and you're going to recover like an athlete, you got to live like an athlete constantly and. That's what's going to prolong us in our careers. And we've got to focus on those things. I mean, those are things that we kind of joke around about. We don't really focus on too much. You know, we're grown men. It's like, oh yeah, I can go out and whatever. And you know, I've done this so many times in my career. I could go off three hours of sleep and be okay the next morning. You might be that day, but the three days following that, good luck. And in a sport like you, Art, where you're talking about playing two or three times a week or when you guys have to do rollbacks where you only get six days recovery or five right. days recovery whatever so that we're is playing, we're playing every quick. day
1: yeah right that's yeah, what I'm, yeah it's every
0: ridiculous day. you know so now you're starting to think about okay well we just won a big game and we all went out as a team and then we've got to play you know maybe we get a day off and then we've got to play 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 good luck by day four yeah mm-hmm. good luck with that you're always invited it's- by the way we got 742
1: <laughs> tea time tomorrow morning Mm. you want to come but i wish i I do i wish that that's
2: it's funny you brought up like the sleep because whenever i was playing with the brewers in spring training they had us take like little classes
0: Mm -hmm.
2: so in like these different little classes one of them was about sleep Mm -hmm. we met with like a person that was an expert on sleep and they talked about like for instance you you your body you know say you are trying to get eight hours you know for maximum you know performance and to get your body well rested and all that stuff. If you go out, like you're talking about, you go out and you only get, let's say five hours of sleep that day. Mm-hmm. Then the next day you, you get six, you know, you're not reaching that eight. And what, what they tell you is that when your body's feeling tired, it's because you're still missing those other hours of sleep and your body's going to need to get those hours of sleep back. Mm-hmm. So it talks like it was so crazy about the things that they talked about and how you're kind of talking about it right now Mm -hmm. was that then, okay you have a day off and you sleep, you know, you get all those hours of sleep back because you sleep throughout the day. You sleep in a little bit longer. Now you're back to normal. But then you go out again this other day and you you go back on sleep. So they talk about like they talked about there's no such thing as sleeping too much. If you feel like you went to sleep and you feel like you're still tired, it's because your body's still tired from. The time the night you went out and you stayed out till 4 a.m mm-hmm. and then you woke up thinking that you can play the next day right like it's crazy like how much like you just we just don't know those things but as athletes or as human beings we go out and we do all this crazy stuff and expect to just run like yep. it's normal and that just doesn't happen that way
0: and here's the catch 22 of all of that is you're trying to get more sleep so you have a day off and you try to sleep more <laughs> But while you're sleeping, you're burning energy and your body's trying to recover. So if you haven't taken care of yourself and outside of the sleep thing, we haven't hydrated and we haven't eaten properly. Now you don't have the caloric energy inside of your body and your brain to recover properly. So now you slept extra, but you wake up and you feel sluggish Mm. and you're going, why am I so sluggish? Oh my gosh, I got 10 hours of sleep. Like what is going on? Well, your body never really got to truly recover because you didn't have the ability to truly recover you because the
2: nutrients and all the stuff you needed to do it.
0: Yeah. And that is the, you know, gosh, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation and it, it's not hard to do once you get into a habit of doing it. And I know you can say that about most anything, but sometimes it's just like you would, put the discipline and the time and the energy into your training to be a quarterback or to hit a baseball or whatever that might be. It's taking that same habitual obsession and putting it into these things. And we take it for granted because we're pretty resilient as human beings. And we can function off four hours of sleep and still be pretty good. You know, with you guys have been playing as long as you've been playing, you're better than 99.8. of people in this world on your worst day. Mm. And so we take for granted the fact that, well, we could be better than 99.8 or 99.9 and that 0.3% differential, we don't really think too much about, but ultimately it, at your level, that's a job. Mm -hmm. And so you start thinking about it and, you know, from a kid's perspective, it's being able to play at the varsity level or play at the collegiate level or whatever that might be and we take that stuff for granted because we can recover quickly we're we're biologically meant to do that but when we're talking about optimum performance why not feel like you're in the zone as much as humanly possible in everything you do and in order to do that it goes back to this book I've been talking about with Winston Price and being able to eat properly and because you eat properly you sleep better and because you sleep better you function better and because you function better you're just better at everything overall right why not live like that and it's people they overthink things you know i'm going to take this diet well i'm going to do this fasting i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i'm going to do this and and really it comes down to you don't necessarily need to do all that if you're hydrating properly and When you think about water nowadays, like we need the natural trace minerals and those types of supplements for the water that we drink and things like that. Because if we're only, only drinking water all the time, we're not getting the natural occurring salts and we add salt, white table salt to our food, but that's not the kind of salt we need. We need naturally occurring salts. And where can I get that? Well, one, you can add it to your water or you can eat a ton of veggies because it's Mm. in veggies, right? So we start thinking about these things and we think it's cool, we talk about it, but we're like, oh man, that cake looks good though or that soda looks good or that you know, whatever that might be. And when it comes down to recovery, that is a huge, huge part because it's the fuel that allows us to have the caloric energy to produce. And if we don't do those things, and we're not going to sleep well and if we don't sleep well we're not going to function well if we don't function well so on and so forth and the snowball continues right yeah so- it's
1: I, if you were going to talk to um you know a high school athlete because I, I feel like that's kind of the 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 point of this podcast right i mean it's 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 more about us being here back in town you know from playing professional careers and things like that and you know, as far as our peers, everyone kind of feels like they have a wealth of knowledge of what works for them at that point. Mm -hmm. And I feel like high school, even younger kids are still looking for that, you know, those little tidbits that they were that I was never told. I never got the opportunity to listen to other professional athletes speak candidly about like, what they do in their daily life. What would you say to a younger athlete as far as okay, yeah, I hear? Okay, yep, sleep, okay water this and that like what are some metrics what what are some some measuring sticks or some some ideas as far as how to actually execute what we've been talking about
0: i would say in most cases we need to start at the idea of cutting sugar and soda and all that out not fully because that's really hard to do but when we start looking at you know once or twice a week so let's say wednesdays and saturdays no sugar no soda none at all. Right. And do that for a month. And then all of a sudden, you're going to start noticing that you feel really good when you do that. Okay, so now let's add in Monday. So now we'll go Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Okay, let's do that for another month. Take your time doing it. And some people are going to be able to go, you know what, I'm just not going to do it anymore. Great. Other people, it's going to take time to do it. But when our problem right now that we face is just like in training, everybody wants results now. They want it to happen now in the fitness industry. It's the same thing in the nutritional in, uh, system. It's the same thing in that industry. Everybody wants results, results, results now. And so you New Year's Eve, right? Everyone's talking about New Year's Eve. Oh, man, this, this year is going to be my year, and I'm going to eat well. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to work out every day. And that happens for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then it's so far outside of their norm, it drives them up the wall and they can't do it anymore and they quit, whatever that thing is. And that's one of the biggest problems with New Year's resolutions is we get to be a little too optimistic in those and we haven't prepared for them. I gonna say, do you think that's because they don't take the two days a week and they just try to go cold turkey? Right. It's like saying, hey, I'm going to go win the championship this year, but you never trained to go into the season gotcha right and mm. then the season shows up and you go uh-oh mm. right it's the same thing right you guys are hot for a month and then chemistry falls apart or injuries happen or mm. whatever because people didn't get ready for the season and bang it goes away it's the same thing with those that you say okay well i'm just not going to do this anymore well that just doesn't happen right so as an example be because of the i've been fortunate enough to be around coaches and different athletes that i got this training in my 20s and stuff like that well when i i never drank soda when i was training ever 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 and then i retired and i would have a dr pepper here and then a coke here and then i love dr pepper and then when i was at bc i had a coke machine right outside my office so i was drinking coke pretty regularly right (laughs) right so one day i was sitting there and we were talking about it and we were at my in-laws house and my wife and i were talking about i said you know what I think I'm done drinking soda. She's like, you can't just stop drinking soda. I'm like, yeah, I can, totally can. She's like, no way you can do that. That was in December of 2012. Haven't had one since. And so it was because of training though. I had the the ability to do that because I had trained myself over, and I was what 32, 33 at the. 2012, I would have been 33. So I was 33 at the time. So it's not like I was 15 trying to stop. I mean, I had done this multiple times in my career as an athlete. And so I had that training down. Just like if you said, I'm going to go to the cages every single day for the next month, you do it because you've done that before, right? It's the same thing. And things like that are not easy. So people see that and they see athletes, pro athletes do that. And they go, well, I'm just going to do that too. It takes years and years and years of training and practice to be able to handle something like that. And so that's why with the, the younger athletes, I, I like to get them to understand, I want you to feel it first. And if you have the ability to just stop something or start something and stay consistent with it, then by all means, do that. But if it's going to be a struggle, don't set yourself up to fail. We always have to find the success first. Right. And in some people, it might be once a week just pick a day and stick to that day for a month maybe two months it's just going to be up to that person because i don't know what they go home to i don't get to go home with them and shop for them and do all those things so that might be all that's at the house so now i'm telling you not to eat three times a week like that's just that's not realistic right, right? and so if you know it's once a week then you prep for that and you know that that okay well i know No sugar, no sodas, no nothing. Okay, so I need to prepare for that. How am I going to do that? Okay, well, we have this, this, and this at the house, so I'm going to make sure on Wednesday when I get home from school that I'm going to have this already made and prepared for me so that I don't even try to go to that snack cupboard, right? Right. Mm. It's, It's just having that preparation and knowing that that's coming, and then all of a sudden it starts to become part of your thinking process. And if that thinking process begins... Now that's going to start happening in your training and it's going to start happening in the way you prepare for whatever season or whatever you're trying to do. And then we start talking about, okay, well, now you have that mental fortitude that we were talking about before to start preparing for things. So now pick up this book and read this book. Now that you've read that book, now it's going to start giving you some ideas because you've changed the way you started eating. Your energy level is going to change. Therefore you're sleeping a little bit better. Now these ideas that are being put into your head by reading that you are actually relating to. Now you're going to add that into your daily routine and put that into the way you study and the way you do your homework. And maybe you'll get your assignments done a little bit easier and quicker, which is going to allow you more time to train and so on and so forth. The snowball continues, like I said earlier, but that's what it really comes down to is, you know, kind of talking about when we were talking about the academic game plan before of understanding how to take notes and how to study and all those things. This is the exact same thing. It's Taking the time to understand and changing the way that you do things on a daily basis. <laughs> you just dropped. You just dropped bars
2: right now. I'm just you know, I'm, I'm processing all this right now. <laughs> but it's
0: the, you know, no, I mean, but- how many times have we had conversations like this? You know, yep, we yeah. all have yeah. in the last five years that we have continual conversations like this, and this is why five years later. We're now sitting in a studio having a podcast about it because yeah. that's what we do. And that's, you know, those are the things that have allowed you guys to still be playing at your age. And, you know, being disciplined and being able to do those things is what's going to allow somebody to be successful. Because again, when we talk about it, everything is relative, but the recovery process is, if not the most important thing, in the top three. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel, do you feel like, for instance,
2: we talk about like, you know, if something's bothering you with the biomechanics, right? Say your your shoulder's bothering you, you know, your body's going to yeah. overcompensate. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with sleep, right? If you're not getting enough sleep, now your body's working extra hard mm-hmm. to make up for that lack of, you know, sleep or rest that it may have gotten or because your muscles may be a little bit more tired still. It's yeah. overcompensating,
0: right? Well, you got to think about it from a standpoint of, you know, basic human physiology is we work off caloric output, right? That our brain has, we don't have infinite, infinite amount of energy, right? So Mm -hmm. we've got to be able to control what we can control and not overuse our energy on things that are unimportant. Because when we start doing that, that's when injuries happen or mistakes happen, right? So You know you have a mishap of the brain and you forget to do something well that's because you spent so much energy doing this over here that you forgot to do the thing that was important right or like you're talking about from a biomechanics standpoint that if my energy because i have a slight impingement in my shoulder well now i'm going to rotate a little bit differently because my shoulders not allow it to get into full range of motion which is in some point might affect my knee right so all of these sayings start playing because we're not putting the caloric output into the things that matter most. And so when you talk about sleep as an example, when I am overusing caloric output to just function on a daily basis because I haven't gotten enough sleep and I haven't eaten that well and I haven't hydrated, now all of a sudden my brain is sending information and energy down to my pancreas and my stomach and trying to get information from down there to get better blood flow to come back up to the brain. But because I haven't eaten well, and I'm not hydrated, then those communication levels aren't the same as where they Mm. could be. And because those energy levels aren't the same, and the blood flow isn't the same, and I'm not getting the same good information that I usually get... Well, now we go into making a mistake mentally. Now I make a mistake mentally. Now I step off the curb wrong because I'm not paying attention because Mm. I'm thinking about something that I don't need to be thinking about and then bang, I roll my ankle. More injuries happen. Yeah. Right. And that's just a small example. But when you start thinking about... Yeah, absolutely. You start thinking about the caloric output and what is needed to function on a high level at all times. What it really comes down to is, would you treat your body that way if you had a big game? Probably not, right? You would probably eat pretty well. And we think about we we when we think about big games or big competitions or whatever those might be, big tournaments, we think about the night before. Mm. Well, what about the two weeks before? Yeah, you still have
2: that's a bar, by the way.
0: (laughs) I mean, yes, you're still gonna have other competitions leading up to it, and every game, every competition should be large. It should be important and big to you. But when you're only focused on that one, this is where you see in sports every single year where they talk about somebody looking forward to XYZ game and then they drop that one. Or they were looking forward to this tournament and they played like absolute you-know-what on this tournament. And when we're living our everyday lives, especially in a time like this where you have extra time because your season didn't happen and now you have a six-month break, quote-unquote, Now, all of a sudden, we're not treating our everyday life as if there's a big game tomorrow or next week or the week after or next month. We don't have a season next month. So uh, it's okay. I mean, you know, I'm going to eat pizza and because it sounds good and I'm going to have cake and I'm going to drink a little bit and so on and so forth. And, you know, I'm going to stay up late. I'm watching this movie and, you know, I'm going to play video games online because why not? You You know, so we start taking out the responsibility of the game or the practice or the job or the whatever. And we forget that ultimately we're going to pay for that at some point. And caloric output is caloric output and the brain function is brain function. And ultimately when stress happens, the only thing when I mean, what I mean by stress is competition, games, uh, spur of the moment adjustments that need to happen in your life. Um, You know, you could imagine the amount of circumstances we could come up with if we tried right now. But ultimately you can only fall back on what you've trained yourself to do. And you can only have enough energy as you've stored in your body, right? So if I store food in my body for about two weeks after I eat it, but I've been eating McDonald's and pizza and drinking beer and whatever, now all of a sudden that's the storage that I have. And when I've got to fall back on that, would you fall back on that if you had an important game coming up? Mm, no of, chance. Of course not. Right. Right. So when you start talking about training and training your brain and doing all these things, if I'm not treating my body as if there's a game next week or my season's coming up in a month, then I'm setting myself up to fail. Right. And, you know, it's, it's so important to think about it in that way. And if you're not living your life like that daily, even in an off season and, you know, training as an athlete, recovering as an athlete, sleeping as an athlete, living as an athlete, as if every day you're preparing for the game of your life. If you don't have that mentality and that's hard to have, obviously, and if everybody had that mentality, we wouldn't be as sick as we are as a race, human race right now and all those, but we've really got to take the time to slow down, especially as a young athlete. If you can learn those habits now, you're going to set yourself up later in life to feel pretty darn good, you know? And like you guys are doing, you know, still playing. And yes, there's been injuries here and there, but you've recovered from them and you've been able to bounce back and you've been able to continue to play. And all of that comes with it. And it's really important that we, if we can pay it forward, that's the number one thing that, that I like to try to communicate to people that it's got to be about more than working out. It really does. You've got to be disciplined when you're at home and when there seems to be nothing on the line, you've, you've got to change the gear in your brain to that something's on the line.
2: Right. I feel like that was huge. That right there was something that was, I feel like I learned today, you know, just Mm -hmm. that, that key point of keeping yourself within that, preparation as if something's going on with that pressure moments in those instances whether it be you reading something or making making yourself focus like you would focus if, as if you're playing a game I yeah. feel like that was huge
1: yeah I don't think people really realize that functioning under pressure is a learned skill you know what I mean it's it's very difficult you know if you're lucky enough to feel some sort of pressure in a game situation when you're younger you start you know those, those those situations you start to trick your brain and you start to become calm that we talked about being in the zone. We talked about, you know, the guy at the starting line that's, that's just has no expression on his face that just looks like he's out going to do a workout right now. And he's getting ready for state championship, hundred meter dash, you know, that that's that type of, you know, learned, um, deal that it's a skill that you can lose as well. I mean, if you, you know, if you (laughs) take some time off with whether it's injury or, you know, whatever it is, COVID or whatever, you get back in that situation, it's going to feel unfamiliar. And that, that was kind of our conversation. Mostly was just trying to make sure that my brain gets that type of workout and over these next couple of months. And then we go back through as if basically a simulated season It might not be studying, you know, Winnipeg or Saskatchewan's defenses, but it's going to be doing something to where the brain is working out constantly Mm -hmm. and being able Mm -hmm. to to stay in shape. And, and, you know, I just want to touch on the fact that, you know, everybody that could listen to this podcast can probably think of a handful of people. Well, you know, Babe Ruth ate beer and hot dogs or so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. And my point to that would be, okay, you're exactly right. In that when we talk about percentages, we talk about that NCAA percentage of moving from high school to division one level from division one to pro. And it's so minuscule. Now, if you take that minuscule percentage of the general population and then blew that back out to hundred percent of pro athletes, you might have that 2 or 3% that are just freaks i've played with them i mean you just you, yeah, it man. does not matter they can function on low sleep they can put crap into their bodies and and all that stuff but for the majority of the other ones of us out there that are trying to figure out a way to creep up and be relevant with those people that can function you know regardless of what they're doing these are the type of things that can give you that edge these are the type of things that can take a guy from You know, maybe being a backup in high school to getting on the floor because you're treating your body correctly. You're able to function at those high percentages and those other people that maybe that injury is coming. Are you going to be ready when you get that opportunity? And that's kind of what, you know, I I don't want somebody to listen to this and say, well, yeah, but I see, you know, so-and-so played running back at Alabama and all he ate was McDonald's every day. Okay, (laughs) well, here's the deal where you know, there's no there's no indication of how long that guy's career was. There's no indication of what you know how many times he was injured, this and that. Or if you do find that one person that just, like I said, is just a freak. I've had plenty of them on my team before that just you just don't understand how they could do that and then go out and play at that high of a level, there's still a realization that you're your own body. You're your own recovery system. You're your own sleep pattern. You have to work within the confines of your own body. And if you are one of those people, more power to you. But for everybody else that wants to play for five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years and get paid for it as a career, there's a lot of these things that you need to start thinking about and start creating a good habit of when you're younger.
0: And on the flip side of that too, I mean, yes, Babe Ruth. Uh, I, could, I could think of a few different athletes. I won't bring it up right now, but even those people that were great hall of famers in some cases that we know did not take care of their bodies, but we've been around those people, too, mm-hmm. in our era. And imagine what they could have been. Right. As mm-hmm. good as they are, they weren't the best ever. Right. That's like the example
2: that Kobe gives about Shaq. You know, he's like, if he would have done oh my this. Oh, gosh, yeah. His, his quote, he he gave an interview, actually, and I've seen it recently with Patrick David, mm-hmm. And it was like his last big interview, or like, I guess you can say talk, before he had passed away. Yeah. And he talked about that. He's like, man, Shaq could have been this, this, and that, you know, if he just worked hard. Yeah, and look he how dominant like, he already and he was. was the, he's and, yeah,
1: one of the best big men to ever play the game. Ever. And so you just think about that. It's like, you know, there's something to be said. You know, if you're sitting there and playing at a local high school and you're saying, well, Johnny is the best player to ever come to this high school or that's at this high school right now. Well, yeah, but what does that mean on a grand scale? Because everybody that we play with now, eight years into professional football, <laughs> Is the best player the that best ever player. Yep. came Maybe from not their even city, right. right? From their yep. state, from their university, from everything. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, yep. if you want to think on those grand a scale, you know, I'll never forget. We we had, um, there was people in our community that in Rockland, California, they they said, oh, four of these kids on this nine-year-old AAU team are going to play in the NBA," and it's like, you know what? <laughs> Do you even understand? <laughs> That we yeah. are in Rockland, California. Do you even understand that you couldn't go down to Los Angeles to win a game? You couldn't go to, let alone another state. I mean, the, just the naive, the the unbelievable misconception that every because so and so made it, you know, in this city because you know David and Derek Carr are both multi million dollar athletes that every quarterback that comes from this town is 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 going to be that. And right. it's like it's so misconstrued. Yeah. It's so far from being the truth that you need to pick up on every bit of information just to have a chance to try. And, and even at that, we talked about before the podcast, even then it's a sprinkle of luck. There's so many different opportunities that are just, you know, wished away by, you know, whatever the circumstance may be, you know, you're right on that teetering. How many guys do you know that, man, they're trying to make it in professional baseball and all of a sudden, you know, they get married, they have a child and all of a sudden, Hey, you know, responsibilities come up and you're like, man, that guy, If he, oh man, he Mm -hmm. would have been, you know, I mean, how many times do you see that? So it's like when you hear talks like about sleep, about nutrition, about those things, it's all just a small piece of the puzzle. And if you can get better at that 1% of your own outlook on it, if you don't read a book from now until next year, you might go hit 300 next year and you might hit 20 bombs. It just makes you wonder if you apply yourself now, right. what would that number be? Right. You know what I mean. And it's yep. like, if it could help you, then then why not? And I know you and I—we've turned over those pages and tried every avenue that we can throughout our careers. And if we didn't, we wouldn't still be playing. But yeah. you know, just for everybody, it's like you know, if if you think that's what cracks me up is like, here's an opportunity to improve. Oh, I don't like that. Okay, well that's fine, but it could be the thing <laughs> that you needed. You know, hey, yeah. you know my back, my lower back's always hurting, Ryan well, let me see you, know, maybe if you sit with this posture, well, no, see, I don't like to, okay, well, what right, do you, yeah. what do you think, you know, hey, what, what'd you eat last night? You know, so there's so many things that go into it. Why would you ever turn your head at an opportunity to improve?
2: And these are things that I wish people could have told me when I was in high school. Exactly. You know, and that's why I feel like this information we're giving out is so right. important so crucial because- we when we were our, at the age of you know high schoolers or junior highers going into high school or even collegiate athletes right we didn't have people to have these discussions and talks with us about sleep nutrition yeah. the importance of you know proper movements and you know just preparation putting yourself into an in-game situation whenever you're not playing like visualization all this stuff is right. like i wish like it, it's funny everybody always says it and you hear athletes say it, i wish i can go back you know, to the beginning of my career for or whenever sure. I was in high school and do this differently, you yeah. know? And, and now we have the information here and we're providing it to whoever's listening and, to yeah, exactly to do that.
1: And that's the thing about even podcasts now is how many podcasts do you hear that they talk for three minutes and then here comes an ad, here comes another ad, here comes another ad. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, are they doing this as a money making opportunity or are they trying to give back? And that's what I think is unique about this podcast is, yeah if there's not 50 million subscri- you know, subscribers next week, I would not be surprised. But if you're sitting at your house right now, and somehow you came into A3 and you got a hold of this podcast, I would really think about these lessons because at the end of the day, this is information that, I mean, none invaluable. of us are getting rich sitting yeah. in here talking about this. Right. This is because I was so excited about this podcast because it was more about what are some things that I wish I had heard back then? Facts. you know, yep. And it's not like, I'm turning around and saying, well, Gatorade, you know, da, 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 And by the way, you know, thanks for giving me this million dollars to say that. You know what I Thank mean? Thank you to like, so uh, Logan Kilgore yeah, for- exactly. Uh, Yeah, exactly. It's like, right. yeah. I mean, right. honestly, this is just your wealth of knowledge, Ryan, knowing how the body works, applying it to your everyday life, and seeing the things that you've learned. <clears throat> Excuse me. That you've learned coaching- multiple athletes that come in and out of your building every day and then us applying that and then being able to talk about, I think it's a great resource. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's been awesome. Thank you guys. Closing what I'd like to say is uh, to kind of touch on what you're saying, just, just to give people perspective. And I think I would like to think that I've done this with all of you. I think I have, but now it's been five years. I honestly can't remember anymore, but what I like to tell people is if you were to, When you walk in the door, especially you guys as pros, you're already really good. You're already really, really good. So let's take that level. And that's your 100% right there. Bang. Okay. So what are, if we were to change the balance of your foot so that you don't rock your back knee before you swing a bat and it's solid, right? And you use your adductor muscle to hold that in place so that the weight of your foot's on the inside wall of your foot so that your swing's a little bit faster and more consistent. Because every time you start your swing, it comes from the same spot. How much better would you be, oh, right? Just that little change, you know? And exactly. it's about that speed. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. You're already that good. Imagine that little, tiny, little change in your biomechanics. How much better would you be? Same thing, Logan. Right. You yep. know, the the better recognition that you have, your speed of recognition, your visual acuity, if mm-hmm. that changes 2%, how much better are you as a quarterback? Huge. And you're already a pro. You're already the in the top 1% in the world at being a quarterback and you can be that much better. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that need to be communicated because that's what we're talking about. So if you got an extra an hour of sleep a night, if you drank one or two more glasses of water a day, if you ate vegetables at every meal and not just dinner, and you start thinking about these things of how you're nourishing yourself, how you're recovering and how you're applying Your force in and out of your body, absorbing plus producing, and you're taking in stressors in a good way and being able to reciprocate those things, how much better, not only as an athlete, but as a human, are you going to be? And those are the things that I like to communicate the first time I meet somebody. Because when you start thinking of it in that way, if I can get that much better, like you're talking about 1% here, 1% -hmm. here. Now, all of a sudden, I'm 20% better. So what my 100% was before I walked in the door is now my 80%. And I've got another gear now. Mm. So now I can play at 90%. And
1: and I'm 10%
0: better than than I was before. And when I need it, I've got an extra gear that nobody knows I have. Mm -hmm. And I have this energy level that allows me to jump above everybody else. So when you were watching sports and you hear a commentator go, "Oh my gosh, they're superhuman. They just have another gear that Well, no, they've been playing at 90% because mm. they can." Right. And that is when you get a chance to really tap into your potential. Mm. And that to me is one of the most important things that I do on a daily basis is to get people to understand that there's more in there. And if they would make tiny change here, tiny change here, tiny change here, they're going to unlock something they didn't know was there. Right. And to me, that's all I want to do. A3 Beasts. That's it. <laughs> all right, fellas. Well, thank you again. It's a blast as always. And uh, we'll get everybody else back up on this next week. And see you guys then. Same. See you next see week. See
1: you.